we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Flipside Podcast. It is almost that time. The NFL season is about a little more than a week away, and uh, we're going to get you ready by telling you where we want to, where we're putting our bets, where we're putting our money, what we think is going to happen this year, and we're going to we're going to give you some uh, some reasons to follow along, and hopefully your pocketbooks follow along too. Uh, this episode is the first where we the first one where we're going to cover the NFL and betting um over unders props team props player props coach props you know that sort of thing we're going to start in the north we're going to do the NFC north first and then we're going to do the AFC north so uh the NFC north has been has been known as the black and blue division for as long as I can remember but uh, also, for as long as I can remember, it could also be called the Green and Gold Division because the Packers have pretty much run this. I mean, every now and then, another team jumps in and uh, stakes their claim, but for the most part, it's been Favre, it's been Rodgers, it's been the Packers more often than not. So let's start with the team over-unders. Uh, we'll start right at the top, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, their over-under is 9 um, plus 130 on the over, minus 160 on the under. Minnesota also at 9, minus 125 under, minus 105 over. Chicago, eight eight and a half, minus 200 on the under, plus 160 on the over. And bringing up the rear, the Detroit Lions, and they are minus 170 on the over, plus 140 on the under. I'll start at the bottom um, with Detroit. I, I like the over here, but I don't I don't really like any overs. I don't like any any sides at minus 170, which means that you have to bet $1.70 to win a dollar if you want the over. If if you like the under, I mean under six and a half is a pretty bad year. You're you're pretty much banking on Stafford getting hurt. And apart from the last two years, that's that's not a good bet. But you can get plus one forty, meaning you bet a dollar, you get a uh, dollar forty out of it. So good value on that. Uh, we'll move back up to the Bears, eight and a half. Uh, the under is minus two hundred. That means the under has been hit hard on Vegas. I mean, the sharp, the sharps are like that one at one to two, meaning you got to bet two dollars to make a buck if you want the under. Uh, plus one sixty on the over if you like the Bears. Um, I, I personally think they're going to be under, but minus 200, I, I don't want anything to do with that. Uh, Minnesota at nine, uh, minus 125 under, minus 105 over. That that seems about right, uh, depending on health, depending on how their rookies develop, depending on uh, how Thielen does without um, 
Stefan Diggs, who's in Buffalo now, but nine seems about right. If if they're healthy, they, they don't have a easy schedule. So if if you like Minnesota, uh, the over's pretty close to even. Like I said, minus 105. Uh, I don't hate that. I don't hate the under either. Uh, they've added some pieces. They've lost some pieces. They Nine feels about right. And the Green Bay Packers, this one... This one I definitely have a side on. Uh, Green Bay last season was thirteen and three, and the analytics say that you know they weren't they weren't their their stats didn't indicate a thirteen and three team. They definitely had some holes, some weaknesses, but nine seems insulting for a team that has a pretty good defense. Aaron Rodgers and I mean if if you're gonna make make thirty cents on the dollar. Uh, going over at plus 130, I absolutely love the Green Bay Packers. If you're telling me that they only have to win 10, I mean, they win 10 with, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, they're, they they win 10 games, no problem. So um, I'm not sure why that's, I'm not sure, not only why that's nine, but I'm also not sure why that under is at minus 160. I mean, I know those sharps are smart and those those guys are smart, but this one this one feels like they're overthinking it. Uh, like I said, they, they statistically, they were a bit overrated last year, but not a four game difference. Take the over in the green Bay Packers. We'll move down to coach of the year in this division. Uh, obviously this is not to win coach of the division. This is to win coach of the entire league, but, um, you got Mike Zimmer at plus 2,800, 28 to one. Uh, Matt LaFleur at 30 to 1, Matt Nagy at 30 to 1, and Matt Patricia at 33 to 1. Uh, I don't love any of these. I mean, if you have to pick one, I like Zimmer. Um, 28 to 1 is pretty good odds for a team that's got a lot of talent. And I mean, if they do overachieve, Zimmer, Zimmer's definitely definitely in the conversation. Uh, LaFleur, if, if, if they win 12, 13 games again, I mean, they did it last year. Uh, LaFleur's still not going to win it. Uh, Rodgers will get the credit. The defense will get the credit. It won't be LaFleur. Nagy, I don't think Nagy's a good enough coach to win coach of the year. Uh, he's got a quarterback problem. And um, Two years ago, he was he had a really good season, but he had a lot of turnover luck on his side with Khalil Mack wreaking havoc, and their, their giveaway-takeaway ratio was tops in the league, tops almost historically in the league. And Matt Patricia, I just, I mean, I, I think Detroit's got to, got to have a great. I think Detroit's got to win twelve games for him to win it. Um, you don't, you don't see often somebody at thirty three to. I'm surprised he's thirty three to one because the guys at the bottom, Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone of Jacksonville, are at the bottom, and they're they're sixty, sixty six to one, and Patricia's seat might be just as hot as theirs. So, I mean, maybe that's motivation, but. I mean, you're you're banking on Stafford's health. You're banking on a defense that was not good last year. Uh, they didn't cover well because they didn't get to the quarterback. They didn't tackle well. They didn't cover intermediate routes. They're, I mean, they got weapons on offense, but Matt Patricia has to have a spectacular year to win Coach of the Year. Um, I don't I don't love any of them, like I said, but uh, if you got to pick one, it's it's got to be Zimmer because I mean. LaFleur, we saw him go 13-3 and three and didn't win it. So uh, defensive player of the year, um, 
obviously that's at the top of that is Khalil Mack, but I'm not going to list, I'm not going to list all the, um, options here. There's a lot of, a lot of defensive players, obviously in the NFC North, uh, Trey Flowers, there's a couple of Vikings that are, uh, pretty high up on the list and even showing up on betonline.ag's odds, uh, Harrison Smith towards the bottom, He's at 150 to one, which isn't a bad bet for one of the best safeties in the game, and someone who's been overlooked for the most part to this point. But uh, they don't normally give it to safeties. They don't normally give it to sure tackling safeties for sure. I mean, if you're not Earl Thomas or Ed Reed or someone like that, you're really, I mean, you really don't have a shot because safeties, when they do their job well, they they're sure tacklers and uh, turnovers don't don't really come with the territory. Harrison Smith gets a lot of them, but they're not guaranteed at safety. Um, safeties are meant to not make mistakes, and that's a lot of times that doesn't show up on a stat sheet. When you cover your assignment or you cover a tight end and take them out of the play, that's that's not what what shows up on highlight reels. So I'd stay away from Harrison Smith, but like I said, 150 to 1, I mean, for one of the best, best at his position, maybe the best at his position in the league, um, isn't terrible, but staying with Minnesota, I'll tell you the defensive player of the year candidate that I love is brand new, and he's at eighty to one, and that's Yannick Ngakwe. And this guy for Jacksonville was an absolute monster. Um, he can get to the quarterback; it seems like whenever he wants. He's he's active. He gives you everything he's got on every single play. Um, defenses were focused on him coming off the edge in the last. Last year, and they still really couldn't do anything about it. Uh, he's top five in the league in pressures. Um, and with with Mike Zimmer's scheme, uh, Ngakwe could could jump right in. I mean, he's an ed, edge rusher. It's not a whole lot of playbook, not a whole lot of uh, learning to do at that position. I mean, it's it's a difficult position, but uh, if you're an edge rusher, you're an elite edge rusher. You can you can plug and play, and this guy's as good as they get. And at eighty to one, it feels like a mistake. Um, if you're betting for defensive player of the year and you want to play it, I'd stay away from Khalil Mack. I know he's I know he's been there before, but twelve to one and Gakwe's eighty to one and he's he's on his way to being about as good as Khalil Mack. Um this guy this guy's special and um he's gonna he's gonna cause problems. He's gonna be in the backfield. He's like I said, he's got active hands, he makes plays, he's, he forces fumbles. Um, if he's used right, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna show up on Sundays. So, uh, then defensive rookie of the year, we're gonna, we're gonna stay right with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Jeff Gladney, cornerback, 66 to one. This kid, uh, is gonna step into a role, uh, left by Xavier Rhodes, who was declining and lost a step and he wasn't fast and, uh, Xavier Rhodes was was a good good tackler and he was a smart player, but Gladney is fast. He's big. He's fast. He makes tackles. He's got good instincts. Uh, he should step into the role that Xavier Rhodes filled and probably have a little bit of a learning curve, learning uh, the faster, stronger NFL. But uh, he's gonna he's gonna get probably a lot of number ones, and he's gonna get balls thrown at him, and he's gonna have a chance to make a lot of a lot of plays. So I like Jeff Gladney, sixty-six to one. I mean, you get the two Minnesota guys right there at 
66 to 1 for Gladney for defensive rookie and and Gakwe 80 to 1 for defensive player of the year. I mean, that's a lot of value for a for a defensive minded coach that uh puts players in good positions to make plays. Uh offensive rookie of the year looks like um we've got it's really a two-horse race. Uh you got DeAndre Swift plus 1600 and you got Justin Jefferson at plus 2,020 to 1. And let's make it a clean sweep of so far for the individual awards because I love Justin, Justin Jefferson at this spot. 20 to 1 is pretty good value. And then you think about the fact that he's taken over a spot that was left by uh, Stephon Diggs. Adam Thielen's still there. Dalvin Cook's still there. And you know, a lot of times you think, oh, he's going to take, those guys are going to take targets. But if you look at it from the other side, uh, Adam Thielen, sure, he's going to take targets, but he's at, he's going to take attention too. And so Justin Jefferson, at least for the first half of the season, as long as Thielen's out there with him, is going to get number two guys. And we saw what he did at LSU. He's he's a playmaker. And uh, he can he can jump out of the building. He's... He's fast, much faster than he than he even clocked. He's got great hands, makes big plays and big games. Um, and like I said, Thielen and Cook might take some targets away, but they're definitely going to take attention away. And uh, Justin Jefferson could find himself with a lot of favorable, favorable matchups. The MVP in this division, it's a uh, it's a two horse race. Uh, you got Rodgers at twenty two to one, and you got Stafford at twenty five to one. I uh, I think I like Stafford here a little better. Rodgers, obviously not a terrible pick, good value on him. But Stafford was on pace to to have a pretty special year before he got hurt last year. He's added some weapons. They, they locked in his left tackle, Taylor Decker, just yesterday to a long-term deal. Uh, it seems like, seems like this is the year. Uh, I don't love either of these guys for MVP per se, but... It feels like it feels like uh, the extra three dollars on your dollar is makes it makes this a lean towards Stafford out of the two, and then staying in the NFC North, we'll do some some uh, player props. Uh, we've got most receiving yards. We'll start there. Got this is a this division is great for wide receivers. Great. We've got uh, Devontae Adams at fourteen to one, Green Bay. Adam Thielen at sixteen to one, Kenny Galladay at eighteen to one, and Allen Robinson at thirty-three to one. Uh, Devontae Adams, he's super productive. He's Rogers' favorite target, but Green Bay runs the ball a lot. They're probably going to be leading in a lot of their games. Uh, I don't expect. I, I expect Adams to have a big output on touchdowns again, but I don't necessarily expect him to have a ton of yards. He's never been the yards guy. I mean, he's. He gets a good amount of yardage, but he gets targeted a lot, and I, I just I don't love him at fourteen to one. Uh, Thielen, same reason I said I like Justin Jefferson is the reason I don't love Thielen at sixteen to one. Uh, you look now that Diggs is gone, he's going to draw the number ones more often, and Minnesota doesn't doesn't uh, they don't throw the ball as much as you think. They had two high profile receivers that put up numbers. And Thielen and Diggs, but they're not, they're not they're not um, the most pass happy offense there is. Uh, Kenny Galladay eighteen to one. <clears throat> he looked like he was going to threaten for this title 
last year before Matt Stafford went down. Uh, obviously, as with all Lions props, you're betting on Stafford to either stay healthy or not stay healthy. Definitely Galladay eighteen to one. I thought it'd be a little, a little more favorable than this. Um, you really you need Stafford healthy. You need everything clicking. But Galladay's definitely got the got the skills to to threaten a stat like this. But I don't I don't think it's going to be this year. I think it's uh, it's coming up. The best is yet to come. He's he's not even twenty five years old yet. But I love Allen Robinson in this spot, thirty-three to one. <clears throat> this guy, Allen Robinson at thirty-three to one, is it seems like a steal. This guy might be the most underrated player in the league. He catches everything. He's in. Not to mention, uh, the Bears are going to be likely trailing uh, often. Uh, they don't have a huge run game. Uh, they got. David Montgomery, so hopefully his second year he takes a little bit of the load off uh, Trubisky or Foles or whoever it is, but Allen Robinson at 33-1, to that's about as good a deal as you're going to get on uh, a team that throws the ball quite a bit and has a clear-cut number one. I mean, a, a clear-cut number one is is hard to find anyway, but one at 33-1 to is, I mean – that's that's easy. Out of the four, that's a no no brainer. Uh, these other guys, Devontae Adams, and he doesn't have a a threatening number two, but he's only fourteen to one in a run heavy offense. And Thielen might have Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, and they run the ball a lot. And Galladay's got Marvin Jones on the other side, uh, Danny Amendola who takes targets, Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift now and. I mean, Allen Robinson, he he seems like he's going to get a ton of targets as long as he's healthy, and this 33-1 to 1 feels feels great. Uh, rushing yards, there's only one play here. Uh, it's Dalvin Cook. I mean, the guy's a workhorse. They run the ball a lot, 12-1. to 1. Uh, Not great value, but for one of, the, one of the five or six best running backs in the league, paired with a run-heavy offense. I like Dalvin Cook at twelve to one, and then passing yards. Uh, you got Rodgers at ten to one and Stafford at twelve to one. The rest don't really matter. I mean, Cousins is there, and uh, Trubisky and Foles are there. But I think we're going to see both of them at some point this year. No matter who starts, I, I don't think they're going to keep the job throughout the year if the team struggles. So that's going to cut down on whoever the other guy's numbers are. So Stafford at 12 to 1, they're going to throw the ball a lot. They they might be trailing a lot. Uh I don't I don't love any of them for in this division for passing yards, but if it had to be one, it's got to be Stafford cuz Aaron Rodgers has proved in the past he can do this, but uh that Matt LaFleur's got a different got a different mindset than McCarthy did and uh they like to keep the ball on the ground and control the pace and uh, Stafford might be airing it out. So 12 to 1, Stafford, lock that one in. So let's recap the NFC North. I love, love, love Green Bay over 9 plus 130. Coach of the year, don't love any of them, but if you got to pick one, it's Zimmer. Defensive player of the year, Yannick Ngakwe plus 8,000. That, that's 80 to 1. $10 gets you 800. That's a lot of money for not having to tackle anybody. 
Uh, defensive rookie of the year, Jeff Gladney, 66 to 1. That's the corner out of Minnesota. Offensive rookie of the year, Justin Jefferson, 20 to 1, Minnesota. And uh, MVP, don't love either of them for MVP, but if you've got to pick one, it's it's got to be Stafford. Uh, receiving yards, Allen Robinson's a steal, 33 to 1 for Chicago. Rushing yards, Dalvin Cook, 12 to 1, really the only option here. Uh, and then passing yards, Matt Stafford. I mean, the rest are run heavy or going to split time at quarterback. So that's going to wrap up the NFC North. We're going to jump over to the AFC North where uh, the storylines are abound in this one. You've got Baltimore, who did what they do last year, did what they did last year, 14-2. and two. Uh, Pittsburgh, Ben's back, hopefully. Uh, Cleveland, we'll see. we'll see how that goes. New coach. Whole bunch of stars. We'll see if see if they can take a leap forward. The leap forward that we expected them to take last year, and they didn't. And then Cincinnati, uh, rookie quarterback, pass happy coach, first pick in the draft. Bunch of weapons. We'll see how it works. Uh, start at the top. Baltimore Ravens. Uh, their over under is eleven and a half. Plus one twenty on the over. Minus one fifty on the under. Pittsburgh, nine and a half. Uh, minus 140 in the under, plus 110 on the over. Cleveland, 8.5, minus 120 on the over, minus 110 on the under. Cincinnati, 5.5, the over at minus 140, the under at plus 110. So I got two that I really like here. None that I love as much as the Packers at uh, at 9, but Baltimore was 14-2 last year. Uh, they're they're listed at eleven and a half. Obviously, that has a little bit to do with their schedule is going to be tough this year. Um, Pittsburgh's got hopefully not Mason Rudolph and Ben's back, but um, the plus one twenty on the over seems seems pretty safe. Uh, you can't you can't look at look at their schedule and find twelve games that they're not favored in. So if they if they are close to the spread in every game. They're, you're going to cash this ticket. So I like Baltimore at over 11.5, plus 120. And then all the way back to the bottom, Cincinnati, we're going to go with the under, plus 110, 5.5. They were 2-14 and 14 last year, and it wasn't – I mean, it, it was tanking, obviously. They, they, they knew their season was lost, but they don't look like they gained 3.5 games. And you've got a rookie quarterback on the worst team in the NFL that doesn't work out. If you don't believe me, listen to my my first podcast about what I think of quarterbacks and why Joe Burrow's not going to thrive right away. Uh, they they got they got a couple pieces that that could help. Mixon should be healthy. AJ Green supposedly healthy, but we'll see about that. And Joe Burrow's great. He was great in college, but you, you got to protect him. I mean, LSU could protect him in college. Cincinnati's not going to be able to protect him. Not right away. Uh, I like the under at plus 110 on Cincinnati again. Um, Coach of the year, uh, Kevin Stefanski, Cleveland, sits at the top of this list at plus 1,200, 12-1 for a first-year coach. He's riding uh, riding the hope – 
pinning his hopes on Baker Mayfield and him maturing, but I, I, I think Stefanski's got a whole lot of work to do in order to be considered for coach of the year. Um, I, don't, I personally don't think Cleveland's going to be that good, but this this guy's odds are up there with the Belichicks and uh, Kyle Shanahan's and those guys, and I, I, don't, I don't know why, but John Harbaugh, 20-1, to 1, nope. Because last year he went fourteen to two, and I mean he was spectacular. But if he regresses a little bit and wins twelve games, there's no way he wins this. Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, if they for Pittsburgh, if they can threaten this division, Mike Tomlin's a real play at twenty eight hundred. But at the bottom, you got Zach Taylor, Cincinnati, second year, forty to one. Now, everything that I just said about Cincinnati, if I was wrong. Zach Taylor's a hell of a play here because this team, this guy this guy likes to throw the ball, and uh, I don't think he has to do a whole lot to get considered. If they if they overachieve, their players stay healthy, uh, seven, eight wins, Taylor, Taylor could sneak up and grab this because nobody's really expecting a lot out of the Bengals. And uh, for them to turn it around, if they can turn it around, 40-1 uh, to is great value. Uh, defensive player of the year. I don't I don't love anybody in this division with there's there's not great options with high value. There's nothing that jumps off the page to me. So I'll just keep it right at the top. Miles Garrett, twelve to one, and TJ Watt at fourteen to one. Both of those are great plays. Miles Garrett was uh, I lost some money on him last year because I picked him to win defensive player of the year and then he tried to assassinate someone with a helmet and got suspended for the latter ha- latter part of the season. Uh TJ Watt was a monster last year and he's young. And he's getting better. I like TJ Watt a little better at fourteen to one than I do Miles Garrett at twelve. But either one of these plays, I wouldn't argue with you. I like them both. Uh, defense rookie of the year, Patrick Queen, twelve to one, Baltimore. This kid also came from LSU, like Burrow, and he's a flat-out stud. And John Harbaugh knows how to put his defenders in places where they can succeed. And I expect Patrick Queen to have a great year. Uh, Twelve to one's not great value, but uh, you're going to a team that's likely going to contend for a Super Bowl. Um, this guy's this guy's an animal, and he's going to rack up tackles. He's going to he's going to get in the backfield. He's going to break up passes. He's a hell of a player, and he's got a hell of a coach and a hell of a team. Uh, Twelve to one's not bad for that. Offense rookie of the year. Um, Obviously, sitting at the top of this list is Joe Burrow at plus two seventy five, less than three dot, less than three to one for Joe Burrow in a system that's just not ready. Um, Joe Burrow might get hit a lot. I don't like him here at all. I like Joe Burrow. I think he can play. I don't think the system's ready for him to contend for Rookie of the Year. Um, another one tied to that, you might look down and see T Higgins, receiver that they picked up uh, in the draft out of Clemson. He's at 40-1, to and this is an absolute stay away because not only is T. Higgins going to come in to a depth chart that has A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, who had a breakout year last year, but if T. Higgins is wildly productive and uh, goes over 1,000 yards and is one of the best rookie receivers in the league – Guess what? Offensive rookie of the year is probably going to go to Joe Burrow, his quarterback. So stay away from T. Higgins. Uh, at receiver, though, 
go back up to 30 to 1. Chase Claypool, Pittsburgh. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster should have a bounce back year with Ben back. Uh, Claypool was a monster at Notre Dame. And even if Juju's healthy and Juju gets the targets that he should, uh, they've got a couple guys that uh, James Washington and, and uh, Johnson and these guys that haven't really panned out yet. I mean, there's still time, but Chase Claypool could be a second option for them right away. And if Ben trusts him, he's going to feed him. And he's big, he's fast, he can jump, he's strong. Uh, he he could get he could rack up some touchdowns because he's a red zone target. Um, MVP. There's really only one play here, uh, unless you want to get bold and go with T.J. Watt down there, at eighty or a hundred to one. But defenders don't win that unless they're Lawrence Taylor, really. But uh, MVP Lamar Jackson plus nine hundred, meaning he's nine to one. That's that's pretty good value, better value than I thought it would be. I mean, for the defending MVP, and I know I know people say, oh, they'll figure him out this year, but this, this doesn't feel like RG3. This doesn't feel like the other guys who have gotten figured out. Like, Lamar Jackson is is a ball player, and I don't think he's going anywhere. So 9-1 to for the defending MVP who shattered all sorts of records last year. Seems like a pretty good bet. We'll jump down to the player props. Uh, receiving yards. Sitting atop this list for the division is Odell Beckham Jr., plus 1,600, 16-1. Um, then we got Juju at 20-1, A.J. Green at 33-1, Marquise Brown at 50-1, Tyler Boyd at 50-1. Uh, OBJ's out. Uh, I like the guy. He's just wildly productive, but Cleveland Stavansky's made it very clear that he wants to run the ball. He wants to control the clock. He wants Nick Chubb to be the focus of their offense, so that doesn't bode well for somebody trying to lead the league in receiving yards. If anybody can do it in a run-heavy offense, it's Odell Beckham. But based on what he's said since he's got there, uh, it doesn't sound like Odell Beckham's going to have a have a whole lot of opportunities to to really take over and be the be the runaway receiving leader for the NFL. Juju's interesting, twenty to one. Uh, Ben's back, but uh, until until a number two pops up, and hopefully it's Chase Claypool, so I'm right, and you guys can all cash your ticket. But uh, I think Juju's going to draw a lot of attention, and I, I think he's going to struggle to get open. I think it's going to open up lanes for other guys, but I don't see him leading the league in receiving yards. Uh, he's big. He, he could be a target for for the red zone, for touchdowns, for some of those props coming later down the line, but... Uh, as far as yards go, I don't love Juju. Um, A.J. Green, not a chance. Uh, not sure if he suits up week one. Not sure if he suits up week eight. Not sure if he suits up for the Cincinnati Bengals again. He's 33-1. to He's an elite receiver, but they have a brand-new quarterback. I mean, the flip side of it is, you know, if, if Joe Burrow's going to come in and trust anybody on day one, it's going to be A.J. Green to throw to, but... I just don't trust AJ Green's health, even at thirty-three to one. The last two on this list, I'm intrigued by uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, fifty to one. This guy has big play written all over him. He's a little bit like Tyreek Hill. He's a little bigger, um, 
Baltimore doesn't throw the ball a ton, but when they do, they seem to be chunk plays. And as I watched them last year, it seemed like every chunk play was Marquise Brown. Um, 50 to 1 is awesome. Awesome odds for him, even though he'll probably get limited targets. But he, he proved last year, like Tyreek Hill, that he makes the most of his targets. So, And then Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd came on strong last year, uh, filling in for the injured A.J. Green. Obviously, new quarterback, new system. Um, or new new quarterback, new – I mean, you got to get to know him. And there's T. Higgins in town. A.J. Green's possibly healthy. But Tyler Boyd at 50-1, to 1, this, this kid – could be a star he's he's big he's fast he's a deep threat he runs crisp routes um he's really i mean he's obviously not a favorite to lead the league in receiving yards but at 50 to 1 he's he's solid um rushing yards uh there's there's one obvious play here with the cleveland browns saying that they're going to be run heavy and try to control the pace and uh, slow the game down. Obviously, eight, plus eight hundred for Nick Chubb is is pretty good value, but better value than I thought it would be. Uh, he's going to get most of the carries, probably seventy percent of the carries in Cleveland as long as he's healthy. And uh, this guy, this guy's a hell of a back. Everybody talks about McCaffrey and Barkley and Zeke and Derrick Henry, but Nick Chubb's right there. I mean, he's in that group. So plus eight hundred is a good deal for him. Uh, Joe Mixon, uh, just no. He's, I mean, he's he's a good back, but he's he's he catches a lot of passes, which doesn't doesn't help your rushing yards. And then uh, the most intriguing name on this list that that caught my attention is Lamar Jackson at twenty five to one. Uh, he's, I mean, it's possible. It's possible if he can if he can. Uh, build on what he did last year. I mean, 1,200, 1,300, 1,400 is not out of the question. And if nobody figures out how to stop him, keep him in the pocket, keep him contained, uh, he he could lead the league in rushing. So uh, Nick Chubb's a safe play here, good value, going to get a lot of carries. Lamar Jackson's going to get a lot of big carries. And if defenses are still just as confused by him as they were last year, Lamar Jackson could sneak up and take that rushing title at 25-1. to 1. It's good value. Uh, passing yards, Lamar Jackson, plus 1,100, 11-1. And then you got Baker Mayfield at 33, um, Roethlisberger at 33, and then Burrow at 50-1. to one. And now Lamar Jackson at 11-1 to one feels like the safest play. I don't love any of these, but uh, he didn't, didn't – uh, I mean, he didn't throw for 5,500 yards or anything crazy last year. But like I said, with his rushing, if he can build on what he did last year, uh, there's no there's no reason he can't threaten for this. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I don't love. I I don't I don't think he's he's built to lead the league in passing unless they're just getting destroyed in every game and he just gets garbage time. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, and obviously, like I've stated ad nauseum. Uh, Stefanski wants to run the ball, so that doesn't bode well for Baker Mayfield leading the league in passing. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, uh, I like Ben. I I think he's capable of four thousand, but that's not going to lead the league. And I'm, I'm concerned about his health and that he's on the back back nine, back back two. So I'd stay away from Ben here. But Joe Burrow at fifty to one now. 
Joe Burrow, as I've stated before, with health, he's got A.J. Green, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon. Those are targets. And throw on top of that, Zach Taylor wants to throw the ball. He's a Sean McVay guy. You saw what Goff can do when protected. Um, He's got weapons. He's got the system. And even more than that, he's probably going to have to play comeback a lot. So 50-1 to for Burrow leading the league in passing yards is not crazy. Um, Obviously, he's not... He's not. Uh, it's not likely, but fifty to one is is great odds for somebody that could get a whole lot of garbage time yards. So uh, that's what I got for those. I'll recap the AFC North real quick. Uh, I like Baltimore over eleven and a half. I like Cincinnati under five and a half wins. I like Zach Taylor for Coach of the Year. Uh, defensive Player of the Year. It's a two-horse race. Don't love either one for their value, but Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, twelve and fourteen to one. Defensive Rookie of the Year seems pretty clear-cut now that Grant Delpit's hurt. Uh, plus twelve hundred for Patrick Queen of Baltimore. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Joe Burrow. Do not touch because of the value. Not saying he can't win it, but that's not good value at plus two seventy-five. Uh, T. Higgins. Do not touch because of Joe Burrow. Like I said. If T. Higgins has a breakout year and he's one of the best rookie receivers, Burrow's going to win Rookie of the Year. So uh, stay away from both Bengals here, I, I would say. Um, Chase Claypool, though, 30-1, to like I said. Uh, he's big, could catch a lot of touchdowns. He could be a real threat for this. MVP, Lamar Jackson, 9-1, to really the only option here. Our receiving yards, don't touch Odell because of the system. Don't trust that Ben's back enough to make Juju a Juju a viable threat. AJ Green's health bugs me, but Marquise Brown, Baltimore, big play, Tyreek Hill type, and Tyler Boyd, fifty to one. Both of those, like both of those picks, um, both those guys are going to be look like they're going to be stars. And then uh, for rushing yards, Nick Chubb obviously sits the top of this thing, and it's not close. Uh, going to run the ball a lot. He's a premier back. He's a feature back. He's going to get the brunt of the carries. Plus 800. Love Nick Chubb here. And dark horse for this one, 25-1, to 1, Lamar Jackson. Yep, the quarterback. And then passing yards. There he is again, Lamar Jackson, 11-1. to 1. Love that. And then if you're, if you're feeling like a degenerate, 50-1, to 1, Joe Burrow. That's going to wrap up our recap, our, our betting preview for the NFC and AFC North. Uh, get those bets in. All these odds I got from betonline.ag. Shop around. There's a lot of sports books out there where you can get better prices on some of these. Um, but this is this is the one I use for the most part, and uh, I love it. And it's it's been pretty good to me. So um, thanks for listening. We'll be doing the NFC and AFC South in the coming days. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, and uh, the 8-8 eight and eight riddled AFC South. So, uh, again, thanks for listening. Subscribe, like, find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, 
Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. And uh, like, unlike, like, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, you know, review, rate, do all that good stuff. I appreciate you listening, and uh, let's get back to football. Thank you.